So good evening, everyone, and uh, Baruch Hashem, uh, people coming in. Welcome, everyone. Uh, again, the Shir is Elin Nishmas Mordechai Benio. We are from Perik Aleph of Shar Avas Hashem. We are winding down the Sefer to welcome more people in. Um, we are towards the very end of the incredible Sefer Chovos Havavos. We are in the very last gate, the gate of love of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And we started this a couple of weeks ago. Uh, we didn't quite finish Perak Aleph. Um, if you are following inside the Sefer, we use the Sefer Lev Tov. And we, uh, in my particular Sefer, all the numbers of the pages change. We're pretty much one page before Perik Bays. I have it on page Shin Chav Bays in, in my Sefer. But if you turn to Perik Bays of Sharavas Hashem, we're one page before that. Uh, so we're getting, we're, we're, we should be hitting Perik Bays uh, in a few minutes. Just uh, get everybody in here to keep my head up and see if more people show up. And again, we do welcome. Questions, if you want to ask questions in the middle of the shear, you can just unmute yourself. Uh, if you want to get yourself uh, on video, that's fine. You don't have to be on video if uh, you prefer. Um, and and if you don't want to ask during the shear, certainly you can ask at the end of the shear. Um, but questions are important because this is a pretty heavy duty stuff that we're doing. Um, and for anybody joining us for the first time, we said uh, we said this uh, disclaimer, you know, really throughout the safer that the, we're finishing chovas avavos, but uh, doesn't mean that we are ourselves at the end of chovas avavos. Um, we are all works in progress, and when you read a safer like this, it really gives you a sense of what you can aspire to, what you can strive for, what is out there in terms of the human ability to reach, and I think it opens up our horizons, and it's, uh, I think, quite inspirational, but at the same time, this is not necessarily saying that we we should be here right now, and if we're not here, we're failures, and anything along those lines, that's not the message here. We're just opening up our horizons to the possibilities of, of how high a human, a human being can, can go to, because this is the ultimate. I mean, as, as we said last week, Avas Hashem is where pretty much humanity uh, gets off. And, uh, you know, when you when you reach the pinnacle, you're at Avas Hashem. And uh, where we're going to pick up right now is is a, in the middle, towards the end of the Perak Aleph, where he pretty much told us something very fascinating. And he sort of uh, laid down the procedure of developing Avas Hashem. And he said, Avas Hashem develops, it's, it's interesting because you wouldn't think this is a prerequisite, but he almost makes it like a prerequisite that a person naturally um, has this internal conflict because we are made up of a guf and of a neshama. And this neshama, or nefesh as he calls it, um, has its own needs of spiritual connection, but also recognizes the need for the physical well-being of the receptacle of that nefesh, because the nefesh is placed in the body, 
if the body is in a uh, discombobulated state, if the body's not body's not healthy, if the body's not taken care of, well then the neshama is going to have issues. So the, there is a natural gravitational pull to take care of the guf, to take care of the body, um, and sort of put the spiritual uh, essence of ourselves a little bit on the on the back burners. And what happens when that when that occurs is that there is almost an overindulgence of getting making sure the body gets taken care of, and there's a little bit of a gravitational pull towards the physical realm. And that, of course, can take us to bad places. That takes us to overindulgence. That takes us to uh, being overly concerned with our physical well-being and all the other types of attractions that uh, unfortunately happen to people who are enamored with this world. So if, the, uh, if we're not sort of working and using, and again, we are the ultimate controllers. I mean, we, the, uh, the individual sort of has to work out that balance. And when a person finally does, and when the, the spiritual part of a person gets to the recognition that, hey, what, I'm, what am I doing? What am I being attracted to? What direction am I going in over here that I'm that I'm uh, sort of over glorifying the physical needs as opposed to my my spiritual needs? Then then there's a moment of epiphany. So it seems like the way he says it, it's so fascinating. The way he says it is that you almost have to go through this process where you have to first sort of lean in a in a physical direction, and then you slowly start reconnecting spiritually and saying, wait, wait, you know, where am I going and what's going on here? And you have this epiphany moment where this is not the way it's supposed to be. I have to take care of my nefesh. I'm here uh, in, you know, for a short few years, we hear 120 fleeting, you know, literally on a, on a speeding train years that go by so quickly. And am I going to be wasting it? On, on passing things that are meaningless, that I can't take with me. And the cloud begins to lift and you begin to see this clarity of exactly what this world is all about. And that's what we're up to. We're up to the paragraph, one page before Perig Bay's, Vikasheri Mavina. That's where we left off last week. So let's pick it up from there. And again, Baruch uh, Shem, we have a nice group. And again, if any questions, don't hesitate um, to just you know, chime in or you can also use the chat or you can wait till the end of the year. But let, let's let's uh, dive into this. When a person begins to truly recognize how great Hakadosh Baruch Hu is, you've got this recognition that you know why am I moving away from Hashem? My yearning is to come close to Hakadosh Baruch Hu. My nefesh is here only for that reason. It's it's here to connect. And when when you sort of recalibrate yourself and re uh, reconfigure yourself to understand that that's what life is really all about okay you recognize the greatness of our Kodesh Baruch Hu, how awesome how overwhelming he is he my the initial reaction at, at that moment of clarity is oh my gosh I literally have to be in total trepidation of this immense God that I've been sort of overlooking and this all-powerful being that I have, I've, to some degree, neglected by my over-involvement in the physical world. And now we're, I'm, I'm beginning to, to recognize you know, my mistake. And 
and the person stays at a very, very sort of um, fixed state of fear, of trepidation. Oh my gosh, where the person is overwhelmed with Yerushalayim. Now Yerushalayim is not necessarily a bad thing. In fact, he's, he mentioned last time in the beginning of Perikov that we need the sense of awe of God to really go hand in hand with the sense of love of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. But it's interesting, but the initial reaction when I recognized the time that I wasted and the wrong direction that I was going in, you're, you're sort of, you're gripped with this sense of awe and fear. And it takes an incredible moment here where, where he says, HaKadosh Baruch Hu at that point intercedes and sees your sincerity and sees who you really want to connect to sees that you really recognize what this, what the uh, our purpose in life is, and there's a calming effect that Kosh Baruch Hu brings upon that individual. And the fear begins to dissipate. The fear begins to calm down, and you're not overwhelmed anymore. You're not overcome by the sense of anguish. So, oh my gosh, what have I done? How did I overlook this, this my, my great obligation to Kosh Baruch Hu? And at that point, when HaKadosh Baruch Hu seems to be the calming agent of your life, when you can almost sense this feeling, at that moment, when you sort of are, are being given over to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, you feel that you're in his hands, you feel that he is taking care of you, then a person becomes filled up with, with the love of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. The person wants to be misbodeh to have solitude and um, you know connection with Hakadosh Baruch Hu. Kadei shati yachid love. That's where davening comes in, or the moments where we can be by ourselves, and we can we can meditate, we can we can connect, and we can pray. And these are moments when we are you really there's nobody else in the world. It's just us and Hakadosh Baruch Hu, and we, we long for that. Vitevas vitehav also. And we develop a, a, a deep love of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the Tiftach love, and we rely on him, we have bitachon on him, and we know that we're in good hands. But the Shtokik love, and there's a yearning for him. And this person doesn't any, at, at this point in time, after this sense of clarity, doesn't really want to do anything but serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That's their, their everything at this, at this point. There's really nothing else that permeates my thinking but to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu. I want to do what HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants. Nothing else comes into my mind. Everything that I do, and again, this does not mean that you're not aware of your responsibilities in this world. It just means that everything that you see in this world is channeled through a prism of what can I do to connect HaKadosh Baruch Hu? What can I do to serve Hashem? Nothing moves without that focus. Nothing moves without that calculation. I'm doing things knowing that HaKadosh Baruch Hu will be happy with this. HaKadosh Baruch Hu will want me to do this. This will give HaKadosh Baruch Hu nachas. My tongue doesn't move. My mouth doesn't move without forethought. How many times does the Chavetz Chaim talk about you know, the need to sort of put a little bit of a few second uh, you know, time delay on what we say, to just calculate it out, to think about it. 
Well, this comes naturally to a person who's who's overwhelmed with love of Hakadosh Baruch Hu and the, the notion of doing anything that would in any way negate that love is 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 abhorrent to this person. So my my speech is calculated. So you just want to mention Hashem. You want to talk about Hakadosh Baruch Hu. You want to praise him and thank him. Machmas Avos, I love because of the love you feel towards him. Machmas Shukasai Shuyia Murtsimenu, and because of the longing that you want him to be happy with what you're doing here in this world. Nabari made Tivlo. This is where it gets really high, really a high level, a special level, because again, we very often. When we express, I think if we, if we listen to ourselves, I think the highest time when a when we express love of for our Kodesh Baruch Hu is when things are going great. That's typical. When things are going great and Baruch Hashem, everything's happening right, and um, you know the world is good, and the Nachas is there, and everybody, every the Simchas are happening, and everything is going along on a breezy direction. Ah, Hashem is so good. Hashem is is so kind. I love our Kodesh Baruch Hu. And you know things uh, things are on a roll. At that point, it's very easy to say that, and that, and he and he's saying that does. It's not the best reflection of a person who truly loves Hashem. So he says like this: If God is good to this person who has this longing and connection, he The person certainly will thank Hakadosh Baruch Hu for all the kindness. That's not. It's not disputable. However, So, but this is where it gets. Incredible. This is where it gets, you know, um, really rarefied air. Where how many people can go through this? I'm not saying it can't happen. So, uh, I think we've all seen people go through incredible, you know, suffering and challenges, and just become and and uh, you know uh, achieve a certain level of clarity and and love of a Kodesh Baruch Hu despite all of it. But this is where it really it really tests an individual. So look what he says about somebody who loves the Kodesh Baruch Hu and things don't go well. And if a Kodesh Baruch Hu tests this person and punishes this person with difficulties and challenges, he savels Baratzo. This person takes it with, with complete uh, happiness, totally willingly. The more difficult the, the challenges come, become, the more the person develops that love of Kodesh Baruch Hu. If anything, it fuels the love that much more. Like I said about one of the great saintly persons that lived prior to the Chavos of Avos, as he wrote the Sefer in the uh, uh, probably uh, thousands or so, probably uh, 1100s, somewhere along those lines. So this, this Chassid lived before that point. doesn't say who it is, but it's said about him <coughs> Okay, and it's uh, stories is said about him. He was very show you animoed. He was very very poor. He had nothing. He didn't have what to eat. Umalilbosh. He didn't have what to wear. He didn't have anything to light and to give him light in the darkness. He was this was this person was completely impoverished. The kasher kumbalayla when he would get up at night, he would say as follows. And this is something where. These are words that I guess we really have to remember and sort of, again, not to say we're here, but to say, you know, let's at least remember this is a level that one can reach. And he would say as follows, Elokai, my God, Hiraftosi, you have removed all 
food for me. You you are you have made me uh, have pangs of hunger. You've left me without any clothing. I have nothing to wear. You put me here in the darkness of night. I don't even have a candle to, to, to light my way. Yet I swear by your greatness, I swear by your power. You can literally burn me by the fire. I will only add to my love for you and to my rejoicing with, with you. It will not change one iota of my feelings toward you. As the Pesach in Yerov says, Yes, HaKadosh Baruch Hu could take my life, but it is still to him that I will be forever connected and longing for. So a person could literally... The Mishra Sharm says something very similar also at the very end of his Sefer in Hasidus. And it's a similar idea where he says that, you know, there are different ways of dealing with challenges in life. And sort of the classic way is to say, Gamzalatova, there's a calculation, Akash Baruch has a reason. You know, there are, there, are that, there are classic ways of sort of understanding that I can't understand everything and I'm still going to uh, be connected to Hashem. But there's a higher level. And he says, the higher level is where you almost say, bring it on. Because the more I can show you my love, the more difficult you make it for me, the more I can show you my perseverance is a further manifestation of my love for you. And the tougher it becomes, the more I'm, in a sense, revved up and, and ready to manifest that love. It's, again, these are not levels that are easy to reach by any stretch of the imagination. But this is true Ava. This is when you are when you know you're looking at true Ava Hashem. So, and that's what he says about this chassid. Well, we're at the very end of Perak Aleph. We're ending Perak Aleph here with this paragraph. Well, Ava Azazu shall Adam love us Hashem. Okay, it's on this tremendous love, this powerful love that a person is able to bring himself to loving Hakadosh Baruch Hu. Lamrus Hashem Shemevi love. Despite whatever difficulties and challenges and pain and anguish HaKadosh Baruch Hu could bring upon a person, we know that sometimes this world could put a person in tremendous difficulty and tremendous challenges. So, but it's on this kind of love that Ramaz Shoma Melech HaChacham Bamro. Shoma Melech was referring to this type of love when he said, Teror Hamor Doidi Li Yolid. Okay, there's a, a, he's going to explain what this means, but there's some type of affliction of uh, being caused by somebody very close to me. Between my breasts, you uh, you will you will lie. Meaning, the rabbis explain what this means as Dvar Bedech Drash, interpreted as follows. Well, yes, even though you might be paining me, you might be afflicting me, you might be putting me in very, very difficult straits, Yet I still uh, I still long for you. I still praise you. And you are still there close to my heart, so to speak, between my, my breasts. That's where I hold you. And that's the ability of a person to stay so close to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, despite the challenges. And similarly, Moshe Benu said in Devarim, 
the famous words that we say every single day, and when we, and, and that's what he's going to focus in on Perak Bey, is essentially these words. The words we say, With your heart, your soul, and your might, which we'll see basically means uh, your your physical well-being, um, your your um, your wealth, all of the money, and of course your your soul. So we'll get more into this uh, in a minute. But there is basically that's really what Moshe was saying that there is really no part of your life and your existence, even as your soul is being taken, you can develop. And that's really the way Rabbi Akiva, Yisrael Haruge Machus, died in, in that type of of a situation, in that type of a death, where even in their leaving this world. The uh, the words of of Shema Yisrael, the words of appreciating the Chazi Hashem were still on the person's lips even as this person was leaving the world. So this is uh, the classic story. I, I won't say the whole story right now, but famous story that I, I've said many times, and it's you know well documented in in uh, uh, small miracles of the Holocaust, maybe other books as well, where these. These uh, some 50 Hungarian boys literally uh, were in the gas chambers and it was Simcha's Torah. And they were literally singing as the, the Nazis were turning on the gas. And they said, they're not going to let the, the Nazis win. Okay, we're going, we're going to meet our, our creator. We're going to meet our Kodesh Baruch Hu. And literally in their last moments, at least what they thought were their last moments, they were singing Can you imagine such a scene? You're you're in a dark room waiting to die. The gas is being turned on, and you have nothing with you but your physical body and Hakadosh Baruch Hu. And you're singing Ashrenu How fortunate we are! To, to it's a vision that's just unimaginable in terms of its its power. And these were teenagers, uh, and it was in nineteen it was nineteen forty four. Simchas Torah nineteen forty four. So the idea that you know this is something that can't exist. In our day and age, it's really not true. It's just, a, it's about getting that level of clarity and recognizing that, you know, again, this is just a passing, fleeting world. And my love for HaKadosh Baruch Hu is eternal. And my uh, desire to connect to him is eternal and will way go beyond the, the, the few years, you know, that we have here in this world. So it's, uh, these are things that people have been able to reach in, on special moments and special levels. Okay, so we're now ready for Perak Beis. Perak Beis starts, How many ways is there to love HaKadosh Baruch Hu? How do we manifest love in, in various ways? Let me give you the following answer. Let me sort of give you a, a sort of a metaphor for the love of a servant to a master. The one of three ways that a servant can love a master. And they are as follows. Number one, if, if this slave, if this servant gets a lot of favors, a lot of wonderful perks from the master, the master treats him very, very well. Well, <laughs> I'm going to love my master. Kloimar, meaning to say, things have been good in the past. 
I'm going to love my master and do for my master and, and uh, you know, feel special feelings towards my master with the hopes of, thing, of things continuing. I love what happened and I would love those things to continue. So the love is sort of connected to the anticipation and the hope that things will continue in the proper direction. That's one type of love. Secondly, you know, I haven't been the best servant in the world. There are a few times when I could have been thrown in jail or a master could have, you know, beaten me up or punished me. And he didn't. He forgave me. He was very nice to me. He forgave me many, many times. Whatever sins I might have committed, um, I've been forgiven for. He forgave me. So what does this really mean? That I was afraid of retribution. I was afraid of punishment. And uh, Baruch Hashem, I, I, I got the, you know, pass. Uh, I got a, a got a jail card. There's a certain fear of retribution. And I love, I love my master because he doesn't punish me. So I'm afraid that things are going to go sour. So I keep the love going in a positive way, hopefully uh, allowing what has transpired in the past to continue into the future. And finally, the third one is the third type of love is it's not because what I get, it's not because what didn't happen to me, that's nothing along those lines. It's simply because I have an incredible master. Just who he is um, is just enough for me to feel this incredible, overwhelming feelings of appreciation and love, and not because of any particular aspect of of positive or uh, negative issues that are at play. Just my appreciation and my understanding of who you are and the greatness that you are, that your character, your your essence, your goodness, your kindness, not because I hope to gain anything in the future, not because I'm afraid of, of your punishment. I don't love you because you're a nice master, and I don't love you because um, you're a, a forgiving master. I love you because you're an awesome master. Okay, that's the third possibility. And we have a very similar situation here in our relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Are we, a person could love HaKadosh Baruch Hu because of the incredible kindnesses that he's done for that person. There's constant goodness coming our way. Meaning to say, it is possible for a soul of a Jew to cling um, Close to Hakadosh Baruch Hu, with a sense of love, we talk tick for lahonos mitavos of gambosit, with the anticipation, hope that this relationship will continue. I love you because things are going great, and then in the back of my mind, I want them to continue in the same way. So it's sort of, you know, as long as things are very good, Baruch Hashem, uh, I'm in love. Okay, but that's not the ultimate love at all. Okay, we have, and that's one type of love that we could have with Hakadosh Baruch Hu. Another type of love could be rooted in the fact that HaKadosh Baruch Hu forgives us. He's mochalos. Here we have Yom Kippur. We have Sachlanu every day. Uh, we have 
Hashivenu every day. We say brachas that reflect Hakadosh Baruch Hu's forbearance. And he forgives us for our sins. We are not necessarily very good, uh, very well-behaved individuals. There are things we can do that are, are rebellious in nature. There are things that we do that are far from perfect. And yet, Gishbaruch who doesn't zap us right away, and he gives us a chance to, to get atonement. And we, uh, we, we transgress a lot, and Gishbaruch is unbelievably kind. There's also the the um, the possibility that we could be loving Hakadosh Baruch because of how forbearing He is with us, how He lets us go so often and keeps giving us more chances and more chances. That's the second possibility, but the third possibility, which of course we can sense already, is the way things should be. Okay, is a love for Kashbrahu can simply be he is honorable, he's great, he's exalted, he's a Kashbrahu. And he, he is this being that put this whole incredible universe together. And and just by the mere sheer appreciation of his greatness, how can I not love a Kashbrahu? How can I not love what he has done uh, for me, not so much in terms of the kindnesses, but just he's put me into this incredible world to be able to get close. He is uh, almost overwhelming. And therefore, if we can begin to a little bit appreciate who HaKadosh Baruch Hu is in his own right, that will typically evoke love from a person towards Hashem. And the Ramam talks about this as well. When he talks about Avas Hashem, it's, it's basically trying to appreciate God through looking at the world, looking at the universe, looking at, at the, you know, everything that takes place in what he's done in, in this world and to, to begin to just you know, get a little tiny little sliver of a sense of how great he is. And this is what you call pure love that really is what HaKadosh Baruch Hu would like us to feel. And that is when, when Hashem says, this is the kind of love that, that he's talking about. And, she, and here, not, here, sure enough, we have it again. This is exactly the type of love that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has commanded us to feel when he said, that there is no uh, there is no circumstance where one really should not be loving HaKadosh Baruch Hu. under any duress, whether it's duress of losing your money, of losing your life, of any other type of challenges, we're, we're told really love of HaKadosh Baruch Hu is possible in all of those places. Even, of course, the ultimate one, which is no tell us nafshecha, even as a life might be Rahman al-Tsan challenged, and uh, we're, we're at that point, unfortunately, as we've seen throughout a long and bloody Golos, how many Jews have been at the point of Kiddush Hashem, and they've been able to uh, maintain their incredible relation with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, even under those circumstances. Okay, so now by quoting this Pasuk again, okay, it's the second time he's mentioned this Pasuk, he's not going to go into it in depth and sort of look at it from a number of different angles. Very fascinating, and it's certainly 
gives us what to think about when we uh, David every day. We say Shema uh, puts a lot of thoughts into head as to what we could be and should be thinking during that time. And what Moshe Benu, when he wrote those words, what he had in mind in trying to convey, and saying the words with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might, and we should be prepared, we should be ready to sacrifice Takarish Baruch Hu. Uh, the great God for him, our honor, our life, and our wealth. That really everything has to be ready to go. Because ultimately, who has everything? Who owns everything? What do we really have that doesn't belong to HaKadosh Baruch Hu? So, you know, the famous expression, Hashem Nasan Hashem Lokach. So really, ultimately, it's all his. And if we really had a clear understanding of this world, nothing, we would never feel anything is ours, that we're owed anything, we're not owed anything. And therefore, ultimately, we, we should be ready to part with anything. But the reason why Moshe Benu has to articulate all three of these aspects, kavod, life, and wealth, what really, why doesn't he just mention the hardest thing? You know, mention the hardest thing to do, the hardest place to show Baruch Hu, we love him and say, you got to love him even there. Why talk about even the lighter things when you have to love him in the, in the toughest place that for sure will include everything. Why not just go for what you'd imagine would be your life? That's what, what can be more important. And he said, Adam. the reason why Moshe did not do that, the reason why Moshe wrote, people are different. We have different attitudes. We have different values. We have different outlooks and perspectives. And we're not the same. They meet us on a and believe it or not, different people value honor and wealth and life to different degrees. There's a famous old joke uh, you know, about the uh, Jew that gets held up in the, you know, in a, in a dark alley. And the fellow says, you know, you know, your money or your life, your money or your life. And the Jew doesn't answer. And the, uh, the, the whatever, you know, the mugger says, Jew, your money or your life says, wait a minute, I'm thinking, I'm thinking. You know, so um, so the you know that's a that's an old joke, um, probably 60, 70 years older by now. But the the point is, it's really not funny. I mean, it, it is maybe you laugh, and it might be funny, but it's really not a joke. That really reflects real life. As much as it sounds absurd that a person has a tougher time uh, parting with uh, money than parting with life, it, there happen to be people like that. And to some people, life doesn't matter that much. Maybe money doesn't matter that much, but honor matters that much. So there, it's, it's hard to get into the head of every single person. And we're not all wired the same. There are people ready to sacrifice their bodies and their wealth, but not their honor. Their honor and their glory is what matters to them more than anything else. There are those who are ready to sacrifice their wealth and their honor. I'm not giving you my life. 
I'll give you my life and I'll give you my honor. But you can't have my Lamborghini. That you cannot have. That uh, that's I'm getting, I'm I'm going down with with that. I, I'd rather give up my life. Now it sounds almost comical, but uh, people are are very, very, very often connected to the money in a very strange kind of way. Uh, just very quickly, uh, uh, Rabbi Schwab from Denver tells a story about uh, about some very wealthy fellow who literally was dying. I'll just you know, cut to the main point. And, uh, you know, he finally had, he built up enough strength. He, he became friendly with him and he built up enough strength right before in his dying days when his, his cancer was ravaging his body. And he said, you know, you know, all you do every year, you give us you know, you give uh, the Denver Day School and the Denver High School and, you know, the Yeshiva and the Beis Yaakov, we each get $500 from you. But here, you don't have much time left and you are a person worth hundreds of millions of dollars. You can leave a legacy that literally can change the the landscape of uh, of Judaism in Denver for the next hundred years. And, you know, don't you think it's worth it to for your own eternity to be able to do that and you know he thought about it and the last time he saw him is you know i was thinking about your words rabbi there's an envelope on your way out please take the envelope you know and uh he said he took the envelope went to the car you know and thought maybe his words had some great impact he opened up the envelope there were three checks there for each of the main institutions in denver each one written out for five hundred dollars you know so um you know, and so, you know, and he, that's the way some people, you know, live. They, they just, they can't part with it. They just can't do it. Just too embedded in their, you know, in their bloodstream. Uh, how sad that is, but that's the way people are. So uh, the, the point is that, yeah, that, that's why Moshe Benu has to literally say all three, we're, because there are different people wired different ways, and they have to know that the, whatever the ultimate is for them, that's how much we have to love HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Um, Right, I think I said that. There are those who are willing to sacrifice their body and their honor, but not their wealth. And it's exactly what the Gemara and Brachas tells us. If it says, love God with all of your soul, then why do I have to say anything else? Why do I have to say with all your, your might, which is with all your money? I mean, whichever one is the hardest, let that be. And let that be the one stated. Exactly what the Gemara says. If you find a person whose physical well-being is more important than their money, that's why it says even with your life. If you find somebody else whose money matters more than anything else, then then that's why you have to say So, uh, and therefore, mana, mana Moshe Benu's Moshe Benu mentioned all of these three things. to teach us that we have to be ready to sacrifice Hakadosh Baruch Hu, whatever we have under any circumstances, whether it's honor. Whether it's wealth, whether it's it's our physical well-being, we have to know that ultimately, if true love of Hakadosh Baruch Hu would, would withstand all of those situations, and a Jew is capable of going through those tests with this love intact, 
In fact, if not, as we said earlier, maybe even growing stronger and greater as, as a challenge gets that, that much more difficult. Okay, even the, even the most difficult one to offer Tagash Baruch Hu, we have to try to do that. Okay, so that's one way of looking at it. One way of understanding these words of in relation to love. He's going to give us a few other options and other, not options really, but just other perspectives of what this Pasuk could mean. Shows you, seems like a straightforward Pasuk, and yet there's so many subtle angles that one could understand it in. Another dimension of what he could mean, basically to, we're ready to sacrifice our will. He gives it a little bit of a different twist on this one. It's our will and our body and our wealth. But as it relates not to ourselves, not to our relation with God, but seen through the prism of our relation with other people. Okay, okay, and the reason why Moshe Benu again has to articulate these three things, because basically Moshe is saying to us, which is ultimately Baruch is saying to us, that as you love other people, why don't you direct that type of love towards Hashem? So you have to sort of build that love uh, to Hashem based on your love that you have in your relationships with individuals here in this world. The love that people have for one another uh, could very often be divided into three different areas. There's love that I'll spend the world on you. But that's, that's you know, you can have my, my money, but you can't have my heart. But I'm not going to give you my entire body in terms of my commitment to you, nor will I give you my rutzo, my my will. You know, I'll spend as much as you want. Money is no is no object. But you want my heart? You want my every my every being, my entire essence? No, I can't give you that. Um, or, but they're not ready also to give you their will and their their inner core of what they live for. Um, there are those who are willing to give you their heart, their will, their desire. Um, maybe they're not as willing to, to give you their wealth or their body. Those who are willing to give you everything. If you're willing to give up your love because of somebody paying you off and will give you the world not to love somebody, if you're willing to sort of give into that and basically put a price tag on your love, what a shameful thing that is. Meaning that Shomel is saying really true love should transcend uh, any any price tag, but not everybody can do that. But that's really the goal. So to said about the great love, the friendship and love that existed between David and Yonah's son, 
Okay, you are the love of my soul. I love you to the to my core. David David said back, My love for you supersedes the love I have for a woman, for my wife. It's it, it, um, my my wife's my love for my wife pales in comparison to what I feel for you. So. There are different types of emotions, different types of love, different types of uh, commitments and connections that people have to one another. But again, the idea would be that Akash Baruch Hu is saying, channel that love and love me the same way. And with, with everything you have, even things that are difficult for you to do, that's what I'm asking you to, to commit to me and develop that love in that way. So that's, So basically, we've discussed two of the angles of, of Ava. We're going to discuss two others. Uh, amazingly, we are already done. We reached that time where we end the share of uh, one more time. If any questions, anything that people need to be clarified, um, I'm, I'm all ears. Um, I don't see any chat, so I guess so far it looks like we're good. Uh, we are, Bez Hashem, going to pick it up from here in two weeks. Bez Hashem, two weeks from tonight. So we uh, look forward to seeing everybody again. Uh, same time, same station. and. Thank you all for coming. And if there are any